Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Today is Monday, December 19th. I'm your host, John June, and of course, this guy to my left is Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G Money. Greg, how are you feeling today? Feeling all right. Feeling, you know, just finally starting to breathe after that wild weekend, which was sports. Uh, it was amazing. Probably one of the best weekends, if not the best weekend I've ever been part of. It was it was crazy. What Football in both ways, American football and football. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, this will probably be one of the only times I, I actually willingly will discuss soccer uh, on on this on this podcast. But yeah, the World Cup uh, ending the final was crazy. Um, you know, was able to catch the end of it uh, when it went when it was tied two two between Argentina and France, and then just I mean, I'm sure the the whole game was nuts because oh. you know just like Twitter was going crazy and. Uh, I know that, you, you know, you guys are going crazy in our group chat, but it was, you know, when I sat down and watched it from 2-2, I was just like, wow, this is absolutely bananas. So it must have been like that the entire game. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was wild. Only because, yeah, France made it a game like within the last like 20 minutes to yes yeah, of the game. And then it just went off from there. So, yeah, it was crazy. And then the Saturday football on was amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, um, you know, the, the Vikings having the greatest comeback in uh, in NFL history. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't know if you saw that clip. You know, they, they, they said, oh, you know, how does it feel to have, you know, completed the greatest the greatest comeback? And, and Kirk Cousins asked, in NFL history? And, and the guy's like, you know, the greatest comeback in NFL history. And, and he's like, in NFL history? And, and Tom Pellicero's like... <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, "I'm gonna need a second, Tom." <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he had to process. Like, yeah, it's like we just we just completed the greatest comeback in NFL history. Like, I'm gonna need a second. Nah, um, 33. But- you gotta fill that. At least we were in like real close to it. 33 points is ridiculous. So, yeah, shout out to them and RIP Matt Ryan, man. I feel so bad for him just to be in the spot again. Like, it's time, man. It's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to pack oh, it up. Man. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a tough spot to be in. Um, definitely not as big a stage here. Not not as much on the line. No, uh, but no, to not. to to blow a what amounted to essentially a thirty six to six lead, um, you know, because it was thirty three nothing at halftime, right, and then right. Vikings get on the board, and the Colts get a field goal, and so then it's it's thirty three to six. And from that point on, um, yeah, it was it was history from there. But surprisingly enough, Kirk Cousins and his performance do not end up in the top three performance of the quarterback swags. But our number one quarterback does come from a Saturday game, which also the Saturday night game, the uh, the nightcap, Same. which was a, a really great game. Uh, Josh Allen, 25 of 40, 304 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, 10 carries for 77 rushing yards, and also got a two-point conversion in this one, 35.9 fantasy points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Josh Allen? Yeah, man, this is what he does every week. Uh, Let his team 
Uh, the snow held up until the end, so that was good for his uh, passing abilities for him, you know, get 304, got the four touchdowns, used his legs, as he usually does, 77 rush, uh, rushing yards as well. Um, a lot of QB design runs in those attempts. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's right there with Jalen Hurts in this MVP conversation. Yeah, I mean, um, somebody was saying that this this whole MVP discussion – you know, we, we really then start diving into the definition of the award um, and it's the most valuable player. Right. And it's the most valuable mm-hmm. player is it the most valuable player in the league or the most valuable player to their team, because you could argue that Josh Allen. You know, he, he is the Buffalo Bills offense, uh, you know, on a day where we're, we're, we're not going to talk about Stefan Diggs amongst the swags. Right. We're not going to talk about a Gabe Davis. Uh, but we are talking here about Josh Allen as the number one quarterback on the weekend. If you have him in fantasy, you start him in fantasy, you feel really good. Uh, the only place where you probably don't feel too good is if you had a bye week uh, and you had to watch Josh Allen, you know, use up all these fantasy points and this fantastic performance on a day in which you don't you don't need it. But uh, shout out to to those that are playing and are riding Josh Allen to uh, fantasy championships. Uh, the number two quarterback on the week, though, is probably the guy who will most likely be the MVP, um, despite how good his team is around him. Jalen Hurts, 22 of 37, 315 passing yards, no touchdowns through the air, but did ha- uh, you know did have two interceptions. 17 times he carried the football, 61 rushing yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He has scored three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, now nah, he he is also his team. Like, let's not get yo. <laughs> this he scored all most of their points pretty much. Only one of the twenty five points. Uh, the team around Buffalo is just as you know just as talented. Yeah, this Jalen Hurts is the man, yo. Crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, thirty four point seven. I didn't realize. Like I was telling you, Greg, I didn't get a chance to watch much football yesterday. I was really just seeing highlights and things like that. Uh, but Jalen Hurts. I did see the 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 QB draw or whatever it was. I don't know if it was you know a design run or if Jalen Hurst just made a decision there, where it was just wide open uh, and you know got a rushing touchdown out of it. But I didn't realize he had two more rushing touchdowns. But we saw something that we haven't really seen, you know, from the Philadelphia offense, which is them have to play in catch up mode. And when that happened, uh, we we unlock a different version of Jalen Hurts where he's. He's going to throw for over 300. He's going to run for 60 yards and, and and you know, a touchdown or two or three. So, yeah, I mean, I and I also say that because with it, without A.J. Brown, without Devontae Smith, you know, is, is Jalen Hurts going to put up these big passing numbers? Maybe not, but we'll see. True. Uh, the number three quarterback on the week uh, probably did not see this one coming because of two reasons. Uh, a, reason number one, Patrick Mahomes, uh, or the Houston Texans rather, have not really been a, a formidable, uh, or they haven't been a great matchup for quarterbacks and you know passing offenses. And two, didn't even really think that Patrick Mahomes was going to have to find himself in a position where he would have to throw the football. But that's exactly what happened here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in a game where goes to overtime against the Houston Texans, 36 of 41, 336 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, also added 33 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown on the day. 
uh, 32.7 fantasy points. If you, you know, you, you were the Patrick Holmes manager coming into this week, you probably didn't think that you were going to get much out of him. You know, uh, the running game here could have, you know, probably would have been where we would expect a lot of the, the production to come from, but that's not what happened this week, Greg. Uh, what'd you, what'd you see in his performance by Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, man, Patty did what he had to do. Uh, this is, you know, rounds out this kind of this top three that you'll see probably in like a 2023, 2024, like quarterback rankings, like Josh Allen, Jay Lawrence, Patty getting it done in playoff week one. That's, that's good to see. Yeah, that's a, you know, great point there as we look forward to 2023. Uh, but let's round out the rest of these quarterback swags and quarterback for the aforementioned Kirk Cousins. Five, Trevor Lawrence. Six, Joe Burrow. Seven, Justin Fields. Eight, well, Justin Fields is my start of the week. And Greg's start of the week, Dak Prescott, comes in at eight. The quarterback nine, Zach Wilson. Ten, Derek Carr. Eleven, Davis Mills. And twelve, Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Greg, did any of these top 12s stick out to you? Uh, you know, our quarterback starts the week coming through, which is good. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, full of people that had the maybe pivot to from Mike White to Zach Wilson, getting you a QB one day in a great matchup. Uh, that's, you know, that's something we asked for. And, it, it, you know, maybe it wasn't a guarantee, but he came through. And that's that's something to be a uh, shout out. And Davis Mills getting that top 12 as well. I mean, he's definitely not sure why he was ever taken out. He gives Houston a, a chance, the best chance of being competitive in games. Maybe that's why they took him out because they don't yeah. want to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> but then it doesn't make sense why they put him. What if I him back in? in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you know, Zach Wilson for sure came through. I mean, it didn't look pretty. It started out looking pretty good, uh, you know, to start the game. Uh, but then, it, it, you know, as the game went on and into the third quarter, it, it wasn't looking too hot. But, you know, had over 300 yards, uh, you know, two passing touchdowns. Um, you know, Jets ultimately lost that game, did have a brutal interception. But, yeah, overall, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, um, QB nine on the day. Definitely, if you went in, if you went to that well, then it hundred percent worked out for you. Um, you know, agree with your comment on Davis Mills, Derek Carr, man. I mean, when you don't expect him to come through, bro, that's what it is. Comes through, (laughs) comes through. So basically, we should just ask, what's the initial reaction? Do we play Derek Carr this week? And the answer is no. And then so it's like, okay, so. We're not gonna even gonna say it, or you know, I think we've we've been able to say it before, but listeners just know at Pittsburgh, oh, as it sounds rough too. It sounds rough. It's terrible. Not doing it. <laughs> Wink. You know what to do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. Yep. Oh, um, actually, no. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Wink. You know what to do. That's that's what I'm gonna keep it at. That's what I'm gonna keep it at. Yes. Still as DVs though. Weak. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that bad though? Because on the surface, it looks like a good matchup, you know, on paper. Uh, but then it's like, uh, uh, oh, we've man. already talked about it enough. We've already talked about it too much. Uh, yeah, it's it's terrible now. It's going to be bad. Uh, let's talk about uh, well, Trevor Lawrence coming up with another top five week. I mean, this is just just ride him through to the fantasy playoffs, or yep. I mean, to a fantasy championship at this point. Um, yep. Got the Jets and then Houston, and then ends it with Tennessee for playing week eight. So, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, the Jets one, which is this Thursday. So, we're going to talk about that too. one. Yeah. And Houston. But, yeah, I mean, he it's like the immovable object meets the unstoppable force. 
I know we thought Dallas was going to be a tough matchup, and he just well, they were in comeback mode, That's which is nice. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of these quarterback. Well, so let's talk about some honorable mentions. I feel like there's really only one or maybe two. I guess we'll give Tom Brady his honorable mention, but like you said it, Greg, I mean, I mean, they were up, and then they, they were down, <laughs> and then they were up again, or not up again, but now they were they were trying to, to come back. And so, you know, similar to what he did against, uh, you know, had, had to do against Kansas City. Uh, but Brock Purdy, you know, uh, the QB 14, a respectable day. It, mm-hmm. Do we hold any – or do we – do we have to recognize that this game was against Seattle or are we, you know, I mean, he, this is three solid games that he's had, you know, one against Miami off the bench, which Miami is not really a great defense. And then we got Seattle, which we know is also not, not, you know, a defense that you can attack through the air. Do we have to, you know, hold these performances with a grain of salt or are we, are we going full force with, with Brock Purdy? No, I'm I'm on board. I was always, you know, in support of Brock Purdy. He's under Kyle Shanahan. He's in a good system. Uh, he's got at least two touchdowns in all all of his uh, games that he's played in. And they end in Washington. Uh, that's a attackable defense. Vegas Raiders still attackable in Week 17, and then they end in Arizona. So the schedule is nice. Um, I think he's a great play for especially in Superflex leagues who had are riding him right now. Maybe has Jimmy G. Uh, and then if you're, you know, Nick maybe in a tough situation. With, you didn't get to get Zach Wilson from Mike White. Maybe you could pivot to Brock Purdy. Yeah, um, we'll see. I have a interesting. I have some interesting decisions to make in our uh, dynasty league. Um, you know, as I, I have a a quarterback conundrum, but we could mm. save that for a later day. Uh, but Brock Purdy is in, is part of the equation. Um, let's move on to the quarterback Jags. Unless there's anybody else you wanted to bring up for an honorable mention, but I feel like outside no. of the like 14 it was it was yeah. washed yeah um quarterback jags that there's quite a few of them uh justin herbert uh you know fan like just a fantastic matchup here against yep. tennessee got all the yards that you could have ever wanted uh but only two interceptions or you know no touchdowns and two interceptions so definitely not great there, Daniel Jones did not fall into a QB1 performance. He, uh, he did quite the opposite and fell in the other direction. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, who I was my stream of the week, uh, this one was tough because ends up getting carted off at some point in like the first quarter, I believe it was. And then you get like the moments of, you know, reminiscence of the Paul Pierce game where he, he comes back. And it's like, okay, you know, Ryan Tannehill is really not trying to lose his job to Malik Willis. Like, he's really, <laughs> he, he's really not trying to lose that job. Not that Malik Willis has done it, done much of anything to 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 try to take it, but uh, you know, just from the offseason when they drafted him, and he's like, my job is not to help develop a a, a, a quarterback. <laughs> and, and when he had the high ankle sprain, and he was like. Try, he came back in like two weeks and like Yo. gets carted off mid game and is like comes right back. Like Tannehill's really not trying to. Hey lose man, he got a second. This is second career pretty much with Tennessee. Started Miami, so he's really uh, trying to fight. <laughs> second chance. Uh, Mac Jones had a great matchup. Uh, just I, I again, I didn't watch this game, but I have no idea what happened there, Greg. I don't know if you can speak to it at all. 
Uh, I mean, no, nah, not really. Really, he didn't have a very good complete percentage. Only at 112 yards. They must have just been not moving the ball. But they did get it in the ground. And Rashad Stevenson, let's go. Uh, yeah, we will. We will talk about Ramondre Stevenson in, in a little bit for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, they just you would expect Mac Jones to have had a good a good game and and you know given the matchup here. Uh, Tyler Huntley was just again uh, well last time he had a concussion, but this time he was just absolutely terrible. Uh, and then Deshaun Watson, this is like three weeks in a row, and you know you could say you could argue that the first game was was you know had to do with. Uh, you know, rust or anything like that. But what do you make of it now? Like he's got a matchup coming up with, I believe, New Orleans, like which is is no cakewalk from a defensive perspective. Uh, is there any concern here with Deshaun Watson going forward? Oh, absolutely. Like you, you didn't hold him your entire year, or just got him and wasted a, a waiver spot, probably or something like that, for him to not put up QB one numbers. So I mean, it was concern. A slight concern after week one, but if you don't do that within the first two weeks, like it's almost like there's no really he's not a start candidate right now, especially with the quarterbacks, no bye weeks, the teams that you're gonna be playing in, in the late year, like the Josh Allen's of the world. I can't see him matching that. Uh so yeah, I don't see really what his value is to teams right now. Yeah, I mean, even in two quarterback leagues, it's tough, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, I would I would have been better off playing a Zach Wilson this week over yeah. over uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, and and yeah, it's just you know Brock Purdy would be uh, you know somebody that could do you some good over over Deshaun Watson, right? So yeah, definitely things to consider there. Let's move on to the uh, running back position, unless you have anybody else that you want to shout out from the Jag perspective that I might miss, Greg. No, we're, we're good. All right, let's move on to the running back swags. And I didn't even have to change this one because it was the same running back one on the week. And I think I said, like, this probably won't happen again. But here here it is. <laughs> uh, Jarek McKinnon, the, our number one running back on the week, 10 catches or 10 rush attempts, 52 two rushing yards, one rushing touchdown there, eight targets, eight receptions, 70 receiving yards and a touchdown, 34.2 PPR points on the day. The rushing touchdown was actually the game winner walk-off touchdown in overtime. You know, we were talking off air, Greg. I I feel like the Jarek McKinnon role here uh, was really because of the game script, right? Like they were tied 24-24 and they were actually trailing to try to get it to overtime. Um. You know, and so Jarek McKinnon in those instances, he's the passing down back. So he kind of stole your your thunder here for your start of the week, Isaiah Pacheco. But uh, you know, what do you think of the performance here by Jarek McKinnon, Greg? Yeah, very solid. I mean, he's been a name that you know we brought up for waivers all year, pretty much to be a solid, uh, you know, real steady, uh, you know, PPR running back, uh, give you a, a safe floor in in like PPR leagues uh, and. Now he's just blowing up now because he's in these competitive games. He shows that he's still a very talented player. Um, you know, the schedule is is nice for him as well. Seattle, Denver, and Vegas. So, uh, you know, he's, I think, con- going to continue to be used as a, a pass catcher for for Pat Mahomes uh, as, you know, dump-offs, stuff like that. He's, you know, got targeted. He's got seven, at least seven receptions in the last two games. So he's been really working. Yeah, definitely. Um somebody who 
I'm just upset because I had him in our league of extraordinary people and I dropped him and earlier in the year. And so as with everybody that I dropped, Greg, they end up going to do magnificent, wonderful things, not on my mm-hmm. fantasy team. And um, yeah, I could have really used him this week as I need, you know, Christian Watson to outscore Alan Lazard by 22.8 points for me to win. So very possible. It's possible. It is possible. Probably not probable, but it's possible. Yes. Well, it so takes I'll one take... big play to start the game and on the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Not feeling too hot about it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Jerick McKinnon could have been, could have been the difference there. But anyway, uh, let's move on to the, the number three running back on the week or the number two running back on the week who was involved in that ridiculous game uh, on Saturday, the one o'clock game between Minnesota and Indianapolis. Uh, that would be Dalvin Cook. The number uh, two running back, as I mentioned, 17 carries, 95 rushing yards, four catches, four receptions for 95 receiving yards, and what turned out to be the game-tying touchdown in regulation. And that was good for 27 PPR points. What do you think of the performance by Dalvin Cook, Greg? Yeah, man, Dalvin Cook coming through in the time you need the most, week one of the playoffs. Uh, him and Jeremy Kinnon, man, helped me out in Dynasty, both of my running backs, so can't really go wrong if you have the number one and number two running backs. It was a great performance from him. Uh, got that 62-yard clutch reception on the screen pass. It was a beautiful play. Uh, just showing his power to get in the end zone. Like, yeah, Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, beautiful performance. Yeah, man, another player on my uh, fantasy team that has a bye week. So just like wasting these points, I feel like just using them up. But, Greg, I'm glad that you were able to benefit uh, from the points here. Uh, Dalvin Cook got. I mean, again, he he's been somebody these last couple weeks has been a little underwhelming, but came through in a in a big way here for sure. Uh, and I guess it's a common theme here amongst these uh, this you know these these high profile running backs uh, the underwhelming weeks, but some of them have been bouncing back like this this next guy here on our list, Derrick Henry, twenty one rush attempts, one hundred four yards, one rushing touchdown, four catches, four targets, fifty nine receiving yards. A, a a matchup with the LA Chargers can help do that for you though. Uh, Derrick Henry, twenty six point three PPR points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance by King Henry? Oh yeah, man, King Henry doing what he's got to do. Last two weeks has been pretty money for this for uh, Tennessee. Uh, now he's got he ends the season with Houston, Dallas, and Jacksonville again. Uh, who he just put up 121 on Jacksonville. I mean, the schedule is amazing for him. Uh, last time he played Houston, he put up 219. He puts up 200 yards against Houston like every time he plays them. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 200 yards every time he plays Houston. That's crazy. Like at one point, Houston's just got to be like, this isn't going to happen today. Like, <laughs> this will not happen. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the rounding out these running back swags. And uh, the RB4 on the week, guy played on Thursday, Christian McCaffrey. The RB5, Ramondre Stevenson, who I did not believe was going to play. Like, I did not believe Sweeper he was going to play. running back of the year, man. This man has been money all year. RB1 finisher. All those people that drafted Damian Harris for him, man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, that's why we always say go for the running back that has the – the, you know, the, the upside to get the receptions. 
Um, especially if they're a big back like Ramondre and can profile as a three-down back. Uh, David Montgomery comes in at six. Saquon Barkley, again, what a time to come back for your Mm -hmm. fantasy managers. Mm -hmm. RB7. Tyler Algier, words for you in a minute, sir, but RB8. Latavius Murray, nine. James Conner, 10. Raheem Mostert, 11. And Marlon Mack comes in (laughs) as the running back, 12. Uh, Tyler Algier, I must apologize because I said, you know, Tyler Algier has been very efficient on his attempts. He's been great, uh, but he's probably not worth playing unless you want seven points. And maybe I wasn't wrong, but maybe Arthur Smith was finally realized I should keep giving the ball to Tyler Algier because he's been pretty solid here. 17 carries, a buck 39 and a touchdown. Greg, I cannot imagine that when we talk about waivers that Tyler Algier will not be one of the first names that comes out of your mouth when we talk about running backs. Yeah, Tyler Algier is right there at the top, probably with Deion Jackson. But, yeah, Tyler Algier is right there. Yeah, most definitely. And you bring up Deion Jackson and potentially as well, I'm sure, um, Zach Moss because of uh, what's going on with Jonathan Taylor, who – you know, we're going to talk about, obviously, uh, you know, the Jags in a second, and he ends up on this list, but not for, you know, any fault of his own, uh, just mainly because he suffered an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be unfortunate. He's likely out the rest of the season, according to Ian Rappaport, just based on the timeline of his injury and, and the, you know, the, the lack of competitiveness by the Indianapolis Colts in terms of, of their season and what they have left to play for. But uh, Greg, do any of these other top 12s stick out to you? I mean, definitely Marlon Mack, another name with kind of like Talaj. Well, Marlon Mack came even more out of nowhere than any other player uh, at the running back position. So late season uh, player that is going to help fantasy managers probably win some chips. Definitely got into the next round, at least if you may have some idea of starting him, especially after the last two weeks. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, they play the Rams next week. Uh, looks like he's you know, he's going to be the main running back uh, for Denver. He could probably top 30 plays. Yeah, that one hurts, uh, the Marlon yeah. Mack one, because he was available in a league of extraordinary people. I'm sure. And, so uh, many leagues. Yeah. And I, I thought about him. I considered him. Uh, but I was convinced, like I said, that Ramondre Stevenson was not going to play. Mm. And uh, I went all in on Pierre Strong this week. Hundred percent all in, yeah, mm. all in, mm. yeah. Uh, George Cook says Saquon Barkley swag. Yes, sir. Saquon Barkley is for sure a running back swag. Uh, I mean, again, comes with a performance here against Washington that you know the matchup was good, but Saquon has been underwhelming these last few weeks. And if you needed him in the worst way, he came through for you in the best way, for sure. Um, James Conner again, I mean, you know, he's been fantastic. Uh, and with Kyler Murray out, I think this matchup here was great as well. Uh, Greg, is there anybody else that really stuck out for you uh, for, um, in terms of the running back swags? Uh, not that many. I mean, I'm glad. J.K. Dobbins giving another solid game, uh, and also, you know, Eckler still holding it down in 12 to 12 time. Yeah, yeah, so great segue into the honorable mentions because those guys were the first two guys on my list, Eckler and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Eckler gave managers a scare because he was 
yeah. removed from the game. Yeah. In the first quarter, I believe, uh, you know, with an injury. And I just remember seeing a highlight in the fourth quarter and, and Austin Eckler just burrowing his way into the end zone for a touchdown there. So it could have been much worse there, um, you know, to say the least there for the running back 14 on the week. Uh, but Najee Harris, I mean, he had, he had a really good – bless you, sir. Uh, Najee Harris had a, a uh, um, you know, the you know touchdown there, 24 rushing, rushing attempts on the day. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, that that was interesting to have to see him have the day that he had uh, looked looked pretty good in, in limited limited opportunity, and then Travis Etienne and DeAndre Swift, both guys that have been a little underwhelming in recent weeks, uh, specifically Travis Etienne, uh, and he came through to have a, a big day there. Um, but let's talk about these some of these running back jags, these just a guys, man, and and there's a quite a few of them that we have to talk about, and it's, unfortunately a lot of them are. Um, high profile guys, right? Like Nick Chubb. Um, I mean, he's been on this. He's been like a just when did Deshaun Watson come back? Is that week 11, week 12? Week, since since yeah, then, week 4, 13 Nick Chubb, against Houston. Nick Chubb has been a weekly staple. He's been a standard, list. standard running back, too. Yeah, so it's been tough. It's been terrible. Uh, yeah. Joe Mixon, you, you know, he, he, uh, Obviously, the game script falling the way that it did. He wasn't going to get a lot of rushing attempts, and, and you know, touchdowns didn't fall his way. Uh, Rashad White, um, you know, didn't didn't finish in a fantastic spot. Zonovan Knight, uh, Bam Knight. Uh, I know the matchup wasn't great. Um, did also get rolled up at one point, but was able to come back and finish the game. Um, he, uh, you know, only had twenty three rushing yards on the day. So you know, if you were if you were leaning on him these last few weeks. He he did not come through for you. And then obviously we, we talked about Jonathan Taylor getting injured. Uh so you know not his fault there and, and we don't hold that against him. Um but just still sucks you know if you if you were counting on him or you know roster him and and things like that. And then uh Brian Robinson this one's tough because he was my running back start of the week but the NFL office man they got to do something because he's these officials, I don't know if you saw that, Greg. I mean, you were—I'm sure you were watching the Giants game, but Terry McLaurin, yeah, the, the touchdown PI at the end. Not even the PI. Oh. The I think it was a few plays before it. Um, there was a touchdown. The, you know, the the Brian Robinson touchdown that got called back because they said yeah. that Terry, there's an illegal formation, and Terry McLaurin, you could see him. He's checking with the official. Hey, am I am I good? Am I on the line? And if the official, he said. And he said that during that exchange, the official asked him to move up a little bit, and then he moved up, and he, you know, he put his 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 hands out like his thumbs up, like "Am I good?" And the official said, "Yeah, you're good." And then you could see somebody has a great video of it. The official, as Terry McLaurin, like you know, starts now turns his head back the other way and is like now focus on the play, puts his hand on his flag before the ball is even snapped, and once the ball is snapped, like throws throws the flag. And it's just like, what is going on here? And then Brian Robinson touchdown gets taken away. If it doesn't, he's probably he or not probably he's he's up here in the in the top twelve of running backs. Uh, it was a great great matchup against the Giants, and I'm sure fantasy managers who needed that match who needed that touchdown uh, are probably upset about that today. So yeah, uh, NFL has to get more consistent in terms of just the officiating and 
you know, how they're calling certain things, uh, you know, what they're reviewing, what they're overturning, what they're not overturning. It just has, they just need more consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody else that I may have missed there, Greg, from a running back Jack's perspective? No, nah, I think we're good. All right, let's move on to wide receivers and the wide receiver swags, the number one wide receiver on the week. Man, is killing it right now. And he's killing me in our league with starting people. Zay Jones, six catches, eight targets, 109 receiving yards with the hat trick, three touchdowns there, uh, 34.9 PPR points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Zay Jones? Yeah, man, he's been absolutely bowling down the stretch here, getting people in the playoffs and now getting people through that first round. I mean, he's been absolutely money. Where else Trevor Lawrence has gotten hot as well. Becoming like the number one receiver right now uh, uh, over Christian Kirk, um, getting targeted. I mean, 10 times, at least 10 times, three of the last five games, uh, getting in the end zone. A guy that wasn't scoring touchdowns all year, and now he's got four in the last two games. So he's he's pretty hot right now. So uh, continue to you know, play him as a, a solid wide receiver too, I think. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it. So uh, continue to stay in the flames with Zay Jones. The wide receiver, two on the week. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver that I'm sure we all saw being the wide receiver two on the week. KJ Osborne, 16 targets, 10 receptions, 157 receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, this one had to be, had to be game script driven. Uh, this feels like I, I could fact check this, but I don't know if, if, if KJ Osborne has had these stats all season. Uh, Craig, what do you. <laughs> What are your thoughts on the performance by K.J. Osborne? Yeah, man, K.J. Osborne came through. I mean, last two weeks he's got at least a touchdown uh, in, in those games, um, but definitely they seem to have found that matchup uh, where he had the weak corner and they would just kept feeding him uh, and it kept working. So, you know, that them being down and then him having that matchup, uh, it's nice. You know, usually that's you're making the argument for uh, Adam Thielen to get all this, this nice matchups with Justin Jefferson getting all the intention. But if KJ Osborne could keep uh, playing like this, he may be, you know, overtaking that kind of that number two role in this offense. Yeah, def definitely. Uh, coming into this game, uh, KJ Osborne had 300 receiving yards, so he had more than half of his production in this in this one game alone. So, yeah, uh, no, he's he's somebody that I, yeah, you know, I, I know I may sound like facetious when I'm saying this, but like KJ Osborne, somebody that. I think we both liked as a as a potential option, you know, in this offense as a you know a flex play, a wide receiver three that you could play when the Vikings play in high scoring games. But he never that role never really came to fruition for him. Um, but yeah, no, definitely agree. Like if he can separate himself, continue to separate himself from Adam Thielen, I think that would be. That would be that would be really good. Uh, let's move on to the wide receiver three on the week, and that takes us to the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Sixteen sixteen targets, twelve catches, one hundred twenty three receiving yards, and a touchdown. Thirty point three PPR points on the day. Uh, had an uh, I've never seen somebody fake the whip route before uh, like Justin Jefferson did against Stephon Gilmore, but uh, absolutely. Absolutely cooked him on that route. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Justin Jefferson? Yeah, man, he was he was cooking him all game. They were just leaving single coverage on him. A lot of those routes, I mean, Gilmore, 
is a, a fine corner. He's one of the you know best in the league right now. And yeah, he still is giving him work, making it look so easy out there. 16 targets. Uh, I mean, it, it's beautiful to see when you're getting a guy like this in fantasy can, just dominating. I mean, he's only had one single digit game since week three. So it, it's it's been amazing. Wait, didn't he have like back-to-back single-digit games though in weeks two and three? Nah, he had ten point eight against Philly. He's six for forty-eight. Uh, it felt so, like single. Might as well have been. Yeah, single. it might as well have been. Yeah, single. As we've seen what he's doing now. <laughs> Man's got back-to-back thirty-point games. He almost had thirty against New England. Pretty much, he's got thirty in the last three out of four. So, yeah, he's got like two hundred ninety-yard receiving days and be- mixed in between that. No, yeah, he's bro. been he's been yeah. he's been very good. Excellent, very good. Which is why we had him as our number one wide receivers. So, yep, yep. No and that got the Giants next week. It's even better. Nice. All right, let's let's find out these wide receiver swags and the wide receiver four in the week is AJ Brown, wide receiver five, <laughs> Russell Gage, six Noah Brown, seven Chris Godwin, eight Tyreek Hill, nine Jahan Dotson, ten Jalen Waddle, eleven Deontay Johnson, and the wide receiver twelve CD. Lamb, I, I I chuckled before because Russell Gage seeing him in the top five is just interesting because obviously I came into the year very high on Russell Gage, and he's done nothing along with anyone else in that offense. <laughs> and then Noah Brown, um, you know, giving me heart palpitations every time he caught a touchdown because I thought it was CD Lamb, uh, and I have <laughs> CD Lamb in our in our league, extraordinary people. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't great. And then Jalen Waddle, who I know I I I had talked about him leading up to the you know that game and and you know uh i was pessimistic about what he could do a lot of that was based on the weather and as we got closer to that game a lot of the reports were like yeah so nah, the snow <laughs> yeah, yeah it was like this the snows the snow is not going to come until like later in the game and i could i remember seeing a shot from the field and how it just looked clean and like it was like uh, it was only 28 degrees, which is still cold, but like Doable. there was no there was no snow. I was like, all right, Jalen Waddle staying in my lineup. Like, yeah, he has to. Yep. Um, you know, only had a 67, you know, only had a 67 yard touchdown, had three catches. But uh, yeah, no, fantastic day from Waddle. Uh, Greg, anybody else stick out to you from a, uh, you know, from these wide receivers? Oh yeah, Deontay getting the top twelve is is good to see, um, for sure. Out of the top twelve, and yeah, Russell Gage coming through is, was nice for sure. Um, maybe you know he can get a little momentum here as you know Mike Evans kind of, kind of falls off with the the connection this year. Yeah, um, let's shout out some some honorable mentions. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. came through, and and what was a good matchup? Uh, Rashid Shahid. Uh, the New Orleans wide receiver, who I think is a fantastic, you know, dynasty ad. Um, you know, if, if you play in dynasty leagues, I think he's somebody that could be out there that you might want to take a look at. Mac Hollins uh, had, you know, a decent day as well. And then DJ Moore, who, again, another guy I didn't I didn't know if he was going to play. But then as the report started coming out Saturday, uh, it seemed like he was he was going to play. So. Um, you know, came through with a solid day in, in, in a good matchup against Pittsburgh. Uh, Greg, anybody else that stuck out to you from an honorable mention perspective? Uh, Devontae Smith, who's been probably the top candidate for wide receiver sleeper of the year. This man has been uh, very consistent uh, after, you know, a tough week one. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually have to go back and look because I feel like he might have been a sleeper of mine. I remember thinking about him. Uh, but anyway, let's go to the Jags. And this one, again, some some big-name guys, uh, Stefan Diggs, um, which, again, on a day like that, you, you expect him – uh, to have a to have a good day with if Josh Allen's throwing for 300 yards and all these touchdowns, uh, Mike Williams of the Chargers, uh, you know, had a big bounce, had a big first game back, but was mostly quiet in this game against Tennessee. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who played Thursday, you know, we were hoping that with Debo Samuel out, that we would see Ayuk, you know, kind of elevate more. Um, but that didn't happen in a good matchup against Seattle. And then the Arizona Cardinals receivers, I mean, that one's kind of tough. Colt McCoy got injured, left the game with a concussion. Uh, so then you get Trace McSorley coming in, who's not known for his passing ability or, you know, being a very good passer at all. And so, you know, kind of downgrades that whole offense there with with, with both DeAndre Hopkins and, and Marquise Brown. Yeah, yeah, tough tough performances, for, especially for, you know, that playoff time. Uh, anybody else there, Greg, that I might have missed? Um, no, no. All right, let's move on to the tight end swags. And oh, would you look at that? The number one tight end of the week. Another guy that I had to go against uh, in George Kittle. So uh, four catches, five targets, 93 receiving yards, two touchdowns through the air, 25.3 PPR points. We, we kind of talked about his performance from Thursday on, on the Saturday show, Greg, but anything – uh, you want to add on this performance by George Kittle? Oh, man, he came through. Uh, Big-time performance. Um, the performance we've been, like, kind of looking for all year. Uh, and, uh, you know, glad it came at a, a good time here. So glad the people that, like, you know, stuck through, patient, pretty much forced to because you drafted George Kittle early. So uh, kudos to you for made the playoffs. Yeah, and I hope you pr- – I pray to God you didn't listen to me when I was saying to play Jeff Driscoll over him because that, <laughs> did, that didn't work. Um Let's move on to the, the tight end two on the week. Uh, touchdown or nah, I mean, just pretty much like put it in his name at this point. Uh, Jawan Johnson, uh, the touchdown machine, six targets, four catches, 67 receiving yards, and two touchdown receptions there, 22.7 PPR points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Jawan Johnson? Yeah, man, since week seven, he's got seven touchdowns. I mean, he's only played – that's in six games. So he, you know, he was hurt before the bye against Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, man, he, he's been on a, a tear touchdown wise. Um, he's only, you know, getting about 40 to 60 receiving yards, which is still, he's still involved as a streaming tight end, but if he's getting these touchdown numbers, he's falling into the tight end one uh, category a lot. So got Cleveland next week, Philly, then Carolina. I mean, especially in the tight end market, if you can get a guy that's hot right now getting touchdowns, uh, stick with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. I mean, he was he was hurt last week, uh, so you know didn't get didn't have that opportunity, uh, and that was on by. So he's a guy that you know people probably forgot about for the most part. Uh, but let's move on to the tight end three on the week. Dawson Knox coming back from the dead, man. Eight targets, six receptions, ninety eight receiving yards, and a touchdown. Twenty one point eight PPR points on the day. Uh, Greg, what do you think of his performance here by Dawson Knox? Yeah, he's kind of basically coming back here. You know, a guy that was super talented last year came through uh, in a lot of ways, uh, showing now in the last two weeks, at least uh, targeted seven times in both those games, got a touchdown in each of those games. Uh, 
he's I think pretty much in that streaming conversation for sure at the borderline tight end level. Uh, and I think you can play him against you know in the next three weeks for especially for playoff time. Yeah, for for sure, man. Definitely, uh, you know, turn it on right 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 in time here for uh, <laughs> for fantasy managers. Um, all right, let's get into everybody's favorite segment, and uh, actually have to update the, the 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 notes here a little bit. But touchdown or not, tight end of the week this week uh, is really. You could look at a few guys, but I, I picked the one guy who only had two catches on the day, mm-hmm. and both of them were for touchdowns. So if he doesn't have mm-hmm. either one of those catches, you're not getting a top 12 performance. But this guy didn't just get a top 12 performance. He got you a top five performance. New York Jets tight end, CJ Uzama, two catches, two targets, 41 receiving yards. Two touchdown receptions, 18.1 PPR points on the day. Uh, yeah, so uh, again, you probably didn't start him. You, he was probably on waivers, you know, but maybe, uh, maybe you got desperate. Maybe you play in like a two tight end league. Maybe you have him in dynasty. Uh, maybe, maybe you, maybe you bet on CJ Uzama to score one touchdown. If you bet two, that you must have a serious problem, either that or you. You have some form of psychic abilities, but Greg, anything you want to add on this touchdown and not performance here by T- by CJ Uzama? Yeah, I couldn't imagine anybody having this player. He's zero percent roster in Yahoo. <laughs> he's 03 percent roster in ESPN. Like he's not. He's nowhere. He's well love. So I'll point that point three percent, man. Oh, congrats! Congrats! <laughs> and even that point three percent roster. Like, what are the chances they started? Yeah, even then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's round out these tight end swags, man. The tight end four was Travis Kelsey. Five was the aforementioned CJ Uzama. Six, tied for six, Noah Fant and Evan Ingram. The tight end eight, welcome back, Sir Darren Waller. The tight end nine, Mitchell Wilcox. Tight end 10, uh, Brock Wright. The tight end 11, Eric Tomlinson. The tight end 12, Jordan Aikens. I side. Got really upset in that moment there talking about Brock Brock Wright, who's one catch for 51 yards uh and a touchdown is is what put the Detroit Lions over the New York Jets. So it's a little upsetting in that moment. Crazy man. Fourth, Detroit fourth and inches. New York, sweeping New York out here, ran in, came into my life both times, got the dub, lots of possibly make the playoffs. Crazy Detroit, man. Crazy. Yeah, it's coach. pretty wild. Late season coach of the year, man. Uh, definitely uh, Dan Campbell, possibly. I mean, neither one of us was surprised that they won that game. Uh, no, you know, we both no, said no. that that they were going to win that game, and I, I likened how Detroit is playing right now to you know just terms of like you know not being expected to win some of these games that they're winning uh, and beating teams that are perceived to be better than them uh, to what the Jets were doing in in like October. Uh, it's crazy though, you know. They started how they started, and the Jets started how they started. You know, the Jets have been two and five in their last seven games. I was starting five and two. Tough. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Giants did probably similar thing. Um, no, I mean, we got the bell last night, so you know. 
It's probably your, your sure. second dub since starting six and zero. No, nah, because we got a tie too. So you know <laughs> that doesn't count as a loss. So it's probably only like three or four losses. <laughs> two wins, two wins, three, four, three, four losses, a tie. <laughs> oh. All right, let's. Uh, any any of these top twelve performances stuck out to you at the tight end position, Greg? No, no. All right, let's let's talk about some Jags, and there's quite a few of them, and they have names. Uh, Dalton Schultz, your tight end star of the week. Uh, Greg Dulcich, my tight end star of the week. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson didn't have a great day. Gerald Everett, are we really surprised though? No, no. Uh, was he? Was he, no. he? was not. He was not, and he was not your stream of the week, right? No, 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 no. Definitely not my stream of the week. Uh, I believe my uh, Mark week. Andrews. Yeah, David I mean, Joku definitely was. Yeah, not excited about Mark Andrews. He didn't come through. Hunter Henry, David Joku. Oh, that's that. who your stream of the week was. Yeah, Hunter Henry. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the David Njoku, Mark Andrews thing. It turns out that Mark Andrews actually did perform better than David Njoku. Crazy. Uh, but Both. not that it mattered that, because yeah. <laughs> unless you were playing David Njoku, Mark Andrews didn't really beat many other tight ends. <laughs> so uh, Jeff Driscoll, that that failed miserably. Um, Taysom Hill, though. There you go. <laughs> Taysom Hill was like, uh, you, wait, you guys think I'm – a bootleg version of Jeff Driscoll. Facts. Hold my beer real quick. Facts. <laughs> uh, and then Logan Thomas, who I like was throwing out there as a potential stream. I did say with caution and it was risky, uh, but yeah, he, he did not come through at all. No. All right. Let's discuss some injuries. I talked about the Jonathan Taylor situation again. So, uh, you know, he's probably, you know, droppable for some of the guys that we'll talk about. Uh, Colt McCoy, again, left Sunday's game, did not return with a concussion. Uh, that one, obviously no one's really banking on Colt McCoy. It's just really more of a concern there for the Arizona pass catchers. So uh, watch out for that situation. And then in Cincinnati, they've already lost edge rusher Trey Hendrickson uh, with to a wrist injury for a few weeks. Now it looks like they're going to lose s- – the other edge in Sam Hubbard uh, for some time as he's dealing with a calf injury. Mm. That's important because those two players are probably two of the most important players on that Cincinnati defense uh, that make that pass rush go. And as we saw yesterday, they were down 21 nothing very early. And we saw what that meant for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and so on and so forth. So maybe, just maybe going forward here, Joe Burrow and this offense are going to have to score more points. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to, you know, they've been a high-powered offense, you know, all season, but definitely not the maybe we get a, a cap of – you know, ultimate next level, you know, of this offense for sure. Um, yeah. Let's discuss some waivers, Greg. And I mean, what are we doing at quarterback this week? There's only really two names I could really bring up. I mean, Zach Wilson 
7% going against Jacksonville this, this Thursday, actually, uh, you know, Thursday is short week. So it's, you know, pretty much unlikely right now that Mike White is going to, going to go. Uh, it's going to be Zach Wilson again. And the matchup is pretty good. Uh, you know, the secondary of Jacksonville, uh, you know, got little, you know, the reason why I thought Dak having a down year was going to have a good week because he's going against Jacksonville. Uh, and then if it's the same case for, for Zach Wilson, he should have good matchups on the outside. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to hope that he can get a performance like he did this week, uh, three or 300 yards close to that would be nice. And at least two, two passing touchdowns. Uh, I think that's a solid expectation for him. And Brock Purdy, 20% rostered, going against Washington football team next week. I uh, was saying it. He's a solid super flex option. Uh, he's a solid option if you couldn't get Zach Wilson. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks are rostered, a lot of good ones, a lot of the, the good ones that are matchup uh, proof. So, yeah, I think Brock Purdy won't kill you. Yeah, definitely agree with, with both of those guys there. Greg, let's talk about running backs. Uh, this one... Could be where the you know fantasy championships are won right here, yeah. Uh, you know some of these running back pickups. Uh, so what do we got? Yeah, definitely number one for me is uh, Deion Jackson. You know, seven percent rostered. Uh, you know, in those two weeks, kind of where Jonathan Taylor was kind of hurt, Deion Jackson had thirty-nine total touches. You know, fourteen receptions on a hundred percent catch rate. He didn't drop a ball. He didn't you know miss that pass. Miss a pass. Matt Ryan or whoever the quarterback was, you know, was going to him uh, on dump offs. In a situation like that, Zach Moss will be involved too, uh, but I don't think it'll be as much of a. Uh, he's three percent rostered. I think Deion uh, he'll probably be more in that Naheem Hines role when he was there, and Naheem Hines wasn't. Uh, you know, he got hurt, and but also I think I think he wasn't too much of a factor. I think RB three at best. Deion Jackson I think has you know RB one upside. Uh, definitely recognized as a solid RB two. Uh, Tyler Algier he's thirty seven percent rostered. He got 18 total touches, uh, you know, over the last two weeks. He's been in, uh, getting um, the opportunity as well. Uh, so, you know, look to put him out there, especially with Cordell Patterson not playing. He's struggling. He's been pretty much off the face of the earth, off the face of the earth fantasy-wise. He's going to step up on a team that wants to run the ball. Uh, Triple Hubbard, 39% rostered. Got seven receptions over the last two weeks. Uh, he's looking better than Deion Foreman right now. I mean, Dante Foreman right now. So, I think in, in, you know, in deeper leagues, I think he can be RB3 play. And then last two names, uh, Marlon Mack uh, and Jalen Warren. Marlon Mack more so, uh, you know, in Denver, looking like the the running back of choice in this Denver offense. Uh, they're probably going to run, try to lean on the run a little more with uh, Brent Ripon in there. So I think uh, Marlon Mack will be continuing to be used a little as well. Uh, and Jalen Warren with the Steelers, kind of giving up this season, not giving up, but they're losing the season, looking forward to next season. Don't want to go too hard on Najee Harris, who's been banged up all year. Jalen Warren should continue to get some opportunities in deep leagues. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. There's like – Zach Moss had 24 rush attempts in the absence of, uh, of, of, of Jonathan Taylor to uh, – uh, Deion Jackson's, I think it was 10 or 15 rush attempts. Uh, but he also, when it, Zach Moss played 67% of the snaps to Deion Jackson's 31% of the snaps. So I, I feel like I would go Zach Moss in that situation. I mean, Zach Moss hasn't been great, but it, it doesn't really, it's not up to us. It's up to the coaches, but um 
I think that's all even more of a reason to just go after Tyler Algier. I think he's the probably the top guy because he doesn't – I mean, Cordero Patterson has, is competition, but this seemed like coming out of the bye week, they were like, Tyler Algier gives us the best chance to 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 win football games and running the football. So I, I, I personally lean Algier in that instance. Yeah, no, nah, well, definitely one of those guys, Zach or Dion, is going to come through because the schedule is real, really nice for Indy running-wise. They got Chargers, Giants, and Houston in the season, so it's yeah. kind of the prototypical schedule for a running back. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you have a roster where you have the space to pick up both and, and try to make the decision, I would. I mean, I've got a roster where I've got enough space to pick up all three of those, those guys, uh, so I think I'm going to go ahead. And, and do that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers, though, Greg. What's what's up there? <clears throat> One, the fact that Zay Jones is only 55% rostered is criminal, so go get him out there in those Yahoo leagues for sure. Uh, he should be rostered in much more leagues. Uh, second, KJ Osborne, he's 5% rostered. Uh, I think he can, you know, he's been hot the last couple of weeks. I think he can kind of, you know, sneak into that usage that, you know, we will see from Adam Thielen usually. Uh, he's had a down year. Justin Jefferson, again, is going to get a lot of attention. I think Kirk Cousins, if he has to put in the air a lot, uh, KJ Osborne could be a top 30 play. Chris Moore, 19% rostered. He's got 20 targets over the last two weeks. Again, keep monitoring Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. If they continue to stay out, there's no one else to throw to. Chris Moore is going to get wide receiver one targets. Uh, and then last two names for deep leagues, Russell Gage, 13% rostered. Uh, you know, if he is going to continue to eat into kind of Mike Evans' uh, usage, uh, he's going to be, you know, in, in the top 30 conversation for wide receivers. And then Rashid, Shahid, 1% rostered uh, last, you know, couple weeks. Uh, and then after the bye, uh, rookies after the bye won, and then he, he was able to get used. And he's definitely talented, very fast, a big play receiver. So uh, especially in, in deep leagues, he could possibly, if, you, if you're shallow, I mean, you know, looking for what maybe wide receiver desperate. I think he's a good dart play. Yeah, uh, I forgot to take the L on Chris Moore. Um, he was my wide receiver start of the week. Only had four catches, forty-two receiving yards, but did have nine targets, which is Dang, what we were, still out there. <laughs> which is what we were chasing. We were chasing the nine targets there. Um, you know, just just didn't come through. So I do like that he'll continue continuing to see that volume. Um, you know, Nico Collins could come back and then it could, you know, make it a tricky situation, but they do get Tennessee next week, which outside of what the Chargers did is a fantastic matchup for wide receivers. Yeah. All right. Let's, what about tight end, Greg? Tight end, we're looking at, yeah, man, toughest position, but three names we've been saying all year, Jawan Johnson, 20%, uh, just kind of went on a, you know, description of what he's been doing last couple of weeks, especially touchdown wise. Um, uh, no fan, 22% rostered. Uh, he's got five plus targets and at least two of the last three weeks. Uh, touchdown in the you know last in those two two of the last three weeks as well. Um, I think both of these guys are again not gonna kill you. I think give you the best chance of getting uh, opportunity to get in the end zone and give it get a safe floor. And then Taysom Hill, man, um, he's obviously got the highest upside of all these tight ends. 47% rostered all year. He's just been you know that guy where he can you know, give you, you know, a double digit plus day with one play or, you know, possibly give you single digits. But um, more often than not, he has been giving you uh, decent performances. Yeah, de definitely. Uh, you know, it's again, it, it's rough at the tight end position, but 
you know, you got it. You have to uh, try to 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 make do and and catch these streams that we're giving out and and uh, these waiver this waiver advice that Greg is consistently giving out each week. So, um, without further ado, Greg, let's let's kind of close this one out. Uh, do you need anything, Greg, in terms of a Monday Night Miracle? No, man. I'm pretty in Dynasty. I even took my lineup instead of 99%, you know, uh, so we're good in that end. And my 16-team league, I have a, def- a defensive player, but I'm up. So I'm chilling right now. I'm looking looking real nice uh, for next week. Hopefully, you know, get through the semis. That's always been a Achilles of my the semifinal round. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, in Dynasty, I'm up. I think I got like, I think I'm up like 15 or 16. I got Aaron Jones. My opponent has uh, Packers linebacker Devondre Campbell. So, okay, uh, that'll that's always fun when you got an offensive player versus a defensive player, and you've already got a lead. Um, also makes the game more interesting when they're on different sides of the football because you get to see the action happen. And then obviously the one I, I let off with in the league of extraordinary people, I need Christian Watson to outscore Alan Lazard by twenty two point eight. So possible. possible. Possible, probably not probable, <laughs> but I, you're telling me there's a chance, so I will watch that game, eyes glued, hoping for that chance. Wide receiver one to kill the Rams this year. That's so Watson, the wide receiver one right now, he's gonna kill you. And he's uh, Greg start of the week, so here you go. Uh, need some of that good juju, Greg. All right, y'all. Until then, I hope you, we hope you get whatever you need in this Monday Night Miracle. And uh, we will see y'all on Wednesday when we break down Thursday Night Football between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. Both teams need this win. Uh, Jets basically need to win out to make the playoffs. Jacksonville has got to basically win out to have a shot at winning the division. So we'll see what goes on here. But until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Have a good one. And we're out of here. Peace. Peace. We out.